Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, I'm going to walk you through the three steps that you can use to negotiate a salary you deserve during the interview process. So this is one of the hardest things for job seekers. This is one of the toughest aspects of the job search because negotiating salary is incredibly uncomfortable for most of us, probably more so than reaching out to a stranger or or any of the other things that we do to, quote, step outside of our comfort zones during the job search, sitting down and asking a company that offered you a job for more, for more money, for more PTO, for more of all these other things that we want can be really, really tough because we don't want to seem greedy and we don't want that offer taken away from us and all of these other things that pop up in our heads, right? We just want to accept the job and be done with the job search and move on. But the truth is, if you don't negotiate your salary, the data shows that you are missing out on over $500,000 over the course of your career. And I'm not just making that number up. That's actually what the data shows. And I went and modeled this out. I took two people with average salaries. I created, you know, an initial baseline. So, hey, we're both starting at the same point in our career. And I did the math on one person not negotiating and one person negotiating every time they got a new job. And essentially, that's exactly what it worked out to, right on the dot for 500K. So if you are not negotiating your salary, and if you are falling into the trap of these limiting beliefs, such as, you know, I'm going to be rejected from this job, they're going to revoke the offer, or I'm going to seem greedy, and they're going to hold that against me, or all these other things, you're actually playing into exactly what most companies want, because they want to hire the best talent for the least amount of money. And you are also shortchanging yourself to the tune of $500,000 over the course of your career. So what I want to do in this episode is give you a very simple three-step framework that you can use to effectively negotiate your salary in the next interview process that you go through. And we're going to do it in a way that allows you to maximize your earnings while also being respectful of the employer so that you don't end up in any of those situations that might be happening in your head right now. So we're going to start with a little bit of a prerequisite to this three-step framework, and that is doing your research. One of the most important things that you can do in order to be a better negotiator is to get as much data on the situation that you possibly can. So there are a couple of ways that I like to go about finding salary information. The first is just using some of the sites that are out there, like Glassdoor or Payscale, etc. These aren't going to be 100% accurate, but what they can do is give you a ballpark range. And that can be helpful to just set the stakes on either side, right? What's the average that I'm seeing for these roles? What's the upper limit? What is the lower limit, right? And if you get these from a couple of sources, you can get more sample size, right? You can get a larger sample size and you can get a better idea of where we sit. The next resource that I really like to use is a site called h1bdata.info. So Every time a company sponsors an H-1B visa, which is essentially, you know, the most common visa for international folks coming to work in the U.S., they have to report the salary that they paid the person. H-1B data.info actually collects these salaries and it ties them back to the specific roles at the specific companies uh, that sponsored that visa. So you can go search for all the visas at Amazon and see, you know, what the program managers got paid, what the account managers got paid. And there may not always be a salary for the exact job that you're going for, but you can also find similar jobs here as well. A third way that I like to research is to go look up jobs in Colorado. So the reason that I say this is because Colorado passed a law back in January of 2021 that basically required employers to list 
the salary range for the job in the job description. And this is super, super helpful because now we know what they're potentially paying this person in Colorado. And all we have to do is use a cost of living calculator to adjust that for the city or the area that you're in. Now, I'm not sure if that translates well internationally. I don't know how many calculators exist out there that allow you to go from, you know, the cost of living in Colorado to the cost of living in Bangkok, Thailand, or anywhere else. They might exist. I haven't done that research, so you can definitely look it up, but those definitely do exist for other cities in the U.S. So this is great because we're getting real salary range data from the company, and it's for these roles that you're targeting, right? So this is another way to do that. And then finally, the last thing that I like to do is just go talk to people in the industry, and you don't have to ask them what they're getting paid or, you know, anything like that. But instead, what you can say is, Hey, you know, if, if I told the company that I'm looking for, you know, a range of X to Y of this salary to this salary, is that reasonable for this role? And if you ask people who are in the industry in the space, they can confirm that or they can tell you, you know, that's a little high, that's a little low, et cetera, et cetera. So you can actually get data from people who are working in the industry as well. So it's really, really, really important to do this before you get into the interview process, before you have the salary conversation, because the more data you have, the more effective that you can be at negotiating your salary. So that's the very, very first step. It's basically the prerequisite. And then we get into the three-step framework. So the first step here is handling the initial opening to this conversation. So this typically happens in the first conversation that you have with the recruiter or, you know, with the hiring manager and the phone screen. Essentially, what they're going to do is they're going to say something like, you know, I really enjoyed talking with you. You know, before we move on, I'd love to just better understand your salary expectations for this role. And essentially what they're trying to do here is make sure that you're in the same ballpark. Like, yes, uh, they definitely want to have some leverage in the negotiation. Um, but I think the biggest thing that most companies are looking for here is whether or not you align with the range that they have budgeted for this role. So the first thing that I want you to do, the response that I want you to give here is not to share the number, right? Instead, what I want you to say is that you are flexible on compensation, but your number one priority is finding the right fit for both of us. And so what you're doing here is you're shifting the conversation away from money and you're basically planting the flag that says money isn't the most important thing to me. What is is finding the right fit. And that actually gives you a bit of leverage and it shifts the balance here. So now the company is the one who really cares about the money, right? And you're more about the fit. And that changes the dynamics a little bit. So that's how we open things up. And by no means are we expecting to get away with that, right? The person on the other side isn't just gonna say, okay, no problem, let's move you on to the next round. They're typically gonna come back and that brings us into step two of the framework. And they're typically gonna come back and say something along the lines of, you know, that's great, we're looking for a fit as well, but in order to move forward, we need to understand if we're in the same ballpark in terms of salary, because we don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste our team's time, et cetera. So again, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a specific number for your salary expectations, that would be awesome. So this is step two in the framework. This is typically what happens next. And the way that I want you to answer here is to spin it back on the person who's asking the questions. So again, you don't want to give your number just yet. Instead, what you want to do is go back to them and say, you know, I completely understand since you seem to have a, a range you know, in mind, would you be open to sharing the range that you have budgeted for this role? So what we're doing is basically saying, well, if you want to make sure we're in the same ballpark, why don't you go ahead and share your range first? And then I'll let you know if we're in the same ballpark. So we're essentially turning the tables here. And I know that that can seem like a scary thing to do, but actually most great recruiters, most great hiring managers will be willing to share that range because at the end of the day, 
they still have a lot of leverage. And their goal is really to make sure that you're in alignment, especially if they like you at the end of the conversation, right? So in many cases, you actually will get them to share the range that they have budgeted for the role. And then you can just say, you know, that's in line with what I'm looking for, or that's in line with the other roles that I'm being considered for anything like this. You don't have to share your number. And that gets you out of this conversation, knowing their range and without you having shared a number. So you get a lot of leverage in this situation, which is why it's worth it. But that's not always going to be the case. In some cases, the recruiter, the hiring manager, whoever might just say, uh, you know, I'm not at liberty to share that. And again, you know, we need a range to move forward. So could you please just share your number? And this is step three in the framework. So in this case, you're going to have to share some sort of number here. And what I want you to do is have this prepared ahead of time. So we're going to go back to that prerequisite, uh, right? We're going to go back to the research. And what I want you to do before you step into this conversation, and maybe I should have added that earlier into the episode, but since you're listening to this now, and I hope you're not in the middle of a salary negotiation, you probably still have time to uh, come up with this. But what I want you to do is look at all the data that you got from your research And I want you to come up with a range that's roughly in the 70 to 80th percentile of the the upper end of the salary range or the full salary range. So let's say, you know, the salary range was $0 to $100,000. Well, 70 to 80K would be in that range that we're talking about, right? And the math will be different, you know, for different ranges. But what we're doing there is we're coming up with a range that is above average, but not at the extreme, right? So it seems a little bit more reasonable. And the key thing that I want you to note here is that the number on the low end of your range should be at the top end of what you want. And the reason for that is because people will always latch on to the low number in a range. So if you tell the employer, you know, I'm being considered for roles in the range of 70 to 80K, they're going to latch onto that 70K. Same as for you, you know, if you look at the job description and it says this role pays in the range of 70 to 80K, you're looking at the 80K, right? So we as humans, just psychologically, we tend to gravitate and latch onto the number that is most beneficial for us. So if you make the number at the low end of your range, beneficial for you, then it's a win, right? Because if the employer comes back and offers you that or a little bit more than that, you've already won, right? But you still have wiggle room to go up if you want. And you also have a little bit of wiggle room to go below if need be. So that's how I want you to think about this range. And then the way that I want you to phrase it when you have this conversation is just like this. I want you to start by saying, I'm currently being considered for roles in the range of blank. And then you add in your range. So I'm currently being considered for roles basically alludes to the fact or implies that there are other roles in the conversation who are willing to pay you this salary. So by using that language, we're not just saying I want X, but we're basically saying, hey, other companies are willing to pay me X. And that makes your argument a little bit more compelling, right? Then what I want you to finish off with is by saying, again, essentially repeating what we said in step one, which is, however, as I mentioned before, my number one priority is finding the right fit. So I am flexible on compensation. So basically what we're saying is just to tie that all together, we're saying I'm currently being considered for roles in the range of X to Y. However, as I mentioned earlier on, my number one priority is finding the right fit. So I am flexible, you know, within those ranges. So that opens the door for more conversation, right? That just doesn't shut things down if you're not aligned, right? You you don't necessarily want that to be the end of the conversation if you share a range and they're like, nope, that's not what, what we have in mind. And that's the end of the conversation. That's not what we want. So by saying that you're flexible and your number one priority is finding the right fit, you're basically saying, look, this if this is a great fit, I'm willing to be flexible you know, on the numbers that I shared. And that creates the space for a continued conversation. 
So that's the three-step framework that you can use to negotiate a salary that you're worth in your next job here. And if you take this and bring it to the next interview process that you go through, I know it might be a little scary to ask some of these questions or go down you know, some of these paths, but I promise you it's going to be less scary once you get some practice with it. And I think you'll be surprised at the outcomes. I think what you'll see is that you're going to end up with a lot more money, compensation, all these other benefits that you wouldn't have been able to get if you didn't have this conversation. And that's going to allow you to tap into essentially that additional 500K over the course of your career. So I know it's scary, but I hope that you feel just a little bit more empowered with this framework, with this plan going into your next interview. So that's it for today. But I just also want to remind you about the free masterclass that I'm hosting on January 18th called How to Land Your Dream Job in 10 Weeks Without Applying Online. I'm pulling back the curtain on my entire job search system, the system that I use with my paying clients that I use myself. I want to give it to you so that you know exactly what to do to get in the door for these new jobs in 2022 and then be able to leverage the salary framework. So you can sign up for free at cultivatedculture.com forward slash masterclass. The link is also below in the show notes. Outside of that, thank you as always for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.